I'm Bruce Sinclair, and welcome to this podcast from Jordan Hill Parish Church, during which we will share in reading, reflection and prayer for Sunday the 17th of April. Happy Easter, or as we will say in church today, Alleluia Christos Voskres, which is Alleluia Christ has risen in Ukrainian. Today our reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, the story of Jesus' resurrection. All are welcome to come to our church services each week in Jordan Hill Parish Church at half past ten. Our services are now live streamed and can be viewed on our church YouTube channel. Just search for Jordan Hill Parish Church of Scotland. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. This is the day of celebration. Good news, for Christ is alive. Easter jubilations fill the air. The bright colours of life have returned. Cast off your sorrow, your mourning, your shroud. Let us welcome the Lord to break the chains that would bind the world. Alleluia. Christos Voskres. Alleluia. Christ has risen. Let us worship God.
reading is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, reading from verse 1 to verse 12. Let us listen for God's word. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find a body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men, in dazzling clothes, stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their heads to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. For the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God around us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Rarely is Jerusalem out with the news or the headlines, not least when major religious festivals coincide and already heightened tensions clash. Controversy is never far away when people's passions are involved, and the Church is no different. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre, it is said, covers the site of Jesus' crucifixion and the garden tomb where Jesus' body was laid. One building covering two sites was always going to be controversial. So is it any wonder that no one branch of the Christian Christian faith holds the keys to the doors? That role, instead, belongs to two Palestinian Muslim families, appointed by Saladin in 1149. Yet, being Jerusalem, there is an alternative site offered for the crucifixion, found just outside the city walls, on the other side of a busy bus depot, the site of the garden tomb. And it is in this garden that you can readily see a first century tomb with a stone platform for a body, and outside a channel carved where a stone could have been rolled. Whilst that garden is comparatively modern, the fact that just beyond the walls is the noise and bustle of the city life only serves to highlight the very public nature 
of Roman executions public. Everyone was meant to see them and to learn from them and from the wrongdoings of the people. The geography of a busy crucifixion site, close to the comparative quiet of the garden tomb, serves to highlight the emotions surrounding Jesus' death. The journey from Palm Sunday to Easter, for some people, can feel like a long tunnel, not quite sure what you will find along the way, and for the disciples too, not knowing when they might see light again. When the designers of the world's longest drivable tunnel built the Lederal Tunnel in Norway, they came up with their own plans. They knew that the dangers were there of not seeing light for a long time and included different lighting, caverns and brake areas in that tunnel to sustain drivers over the 15 miles of road before they saw daylight again. Similarly, the first disciples in Luke's account of the resurrection do not know how long their tunnel of darkness would be. The women, not knowing what to do, did what they could only do, and that was to come with their heavy hearts and their pre-prepared spices to perform one last act of devotion for their Lord. They did not expect resurrection. They did not expect joy. They did not expect celebration or hope or new life. They came looking for death because that is what they had seen on Friday and everything that they'd ever known, been taught or experienced, had taught them one thing above all others. Death is death. The impassable chasm that no one can cross and the irrevocable fate no one can avoid. The women look in the tomb. No body. They are perplexed. And we can imagine the turmoil of thoughts tumbling through their minds. The heavenly beings remind them of Jesus' words, and they remember. They return to the other disciples to recount their news, and it is here that we are told that the disciples believe this to be an idle tale. The word used in Greek is liros, which we know as the root of our word delirious. The women are reporting not just an idle tale, but delirious. It's interesting that throughout the Gospel, and many other parts of the Bible, who receive and bear good news. At the beginning of this story, it's shepherds, who are at the very bottom rung of a social, economic and cultural ladder, and now it's women who also don't have much social standing and whose testimony is dismissed as ludicrous, as nonsense, as an idle tale. Part of what Luke's account of Jesus' life teaches us is to look for God always where we least expect God to be. To anticipate God using people that we wouldn't dream of God associating with and to get used to God surprising and even overturning our expectations. More than this, 
Luke gives us some insight into the very nature of the gospel, how Jesus' life turns things upside down, even death itself. Is it any wonder that the disciples don't know what to do with the news? Nothing in their experience had prepared them for resurrection. If that fundamental law of nature and their experience fell to the side, what could they possibly count on? Rather than face the fact that their limited perception of reality might just be too small, too limiting, only a fraction of the larger whole, the men dismiss the women's story as an idle tale. For the women of the Gospel accounts of the story, the world was never the same again. Coming to anoint a dead body, not having thought through how to get into the tomb, only to find the stone rolled away and the body gone, and instead of darkness they find light, instead of death they find life. And for the male disciples, when they eventually make it to the tomb, they too found that the body was gone. Instead of guilt, they found wonder. Instead of despair, the first glimmerings of hope. Easter says there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is hope, there is wonder, and there is a future. Others too come to the tomb from that day to this. They come from the darkness of their own lives to be confronted with a stone rolled away and a body not there, but something immeasurable and unquantifiable having happened. People trapped in darkness because of their doubts, their ignorance or perhaps their pride making it hard for them to believe, or even want to believe, in the open-endedness of a stone rolled away and the tomb empty. People trapped in the darkness of unrelenting work, long hours that seem to be more and more necessary to make ends meet, thankless tasks that have to be done to get on. Many wrestling too with the weight of ill health, or the steady advance of age, or the frustrations of youth. People caught in a tunnel of never-ending political war and destruction too. Yet Easter still says to us, rejoice in the light, there is still hope. The good news of our faith that begins with the image of that star at Christmas and reaches its climax with the light of Easter is that the stone has been rolled away. As we step out into Easter, as you would from a dark tunnel, the air may be bracing, the brightness blinding, but in time our eyes grow accustomed and we see things as they really are and we work no more in darkness but in the broad light of God's presence, strength and love in our daily lives. A new dawn, a fresh beginning, a hope for the world, a future still to be charted. Let us do so with passion, hope 
light and faith. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O risen Lord, we give thanks for the hope of Easter that sings out great hallelujahs and fills the world with colour and hope, breathing new life into each place of death and despair, filling life with good news that everything has changed forever. Despair has become joy, fear has become courage, questions have become faith. O risen Lord, while we enjoy the hope that today brings, too many live with fear in our world. Where unexpected turns in life or events outside their control bring them to their knees to seek hope and sanctuary from war, from disaster, from violence or terror, from poverty or pain, we pray that your alleluias will break in and bring light and bring hope. We continue to pray today for the people of Ukraine. O Lord, we pray for those who need a new lease of life, a chance to thrive once again. Those without a place to call home, the jobless and the searching, those who find limbs tired and minds more so, those who struggle with family, those who are ever hungry and thirsty and no way of providing, those who yearn for release from whatever it is that binds or holds them. O risen Lord, this is a day when laughter and light returned to the earth, a new hope was breathed into creation. Let your light and your spirit fill us, fill your church, with life, light, joy and faith. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
Thank you for joining with me today for this time of worship. Love wins. Jesus lives and reigns. Sin is defeated. Death is conquered. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let us go now with joy in our hearts to love and to serve the Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those you love this day and every day. Amen.